fun. <laughs> I'm excited for it. <laughs> oh, hey, um, it's Kia. <laughs> I am the creator and host of the Female Veterans Podcast. This is Hot Topics Live, the show, the podcast. And I am joined by two of my favorite people, <laughs> Kaula and Carla. They are both podcast hosts and for two shows, and um, they're amazing. So, Kaula, why don't you uh, go first and tell us about your show? Yes, so my show is called Women Stories Podcast, and it's a show about stories of women all over the world who has gone through different challenges, and you can also listen to them. It could be a survival guide for you, too. So, Carla, mm -hmm. over to you. Yeah, and I'm Carla. I'm the host of the Wonder and Wellbeing Podcast, which is a podcast for parents and educators and anyone who's interested in education and well-being of kids between the ages of five and 14 years old. And we talk about everything to do with education, well-being and the overlaps between those two subjects. So if you're interested in that, check out my podcast. Yes, um, both great shows. And you are both co-hosts of Podcasters Unleashed, which is one of my favorite shows. And um, that's the debate style show, which I like because you guys are tackling like real topics about world events and issues and crises and everything else. And you guys have all different opinions and it all works out really nicely somehow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, you can't see the backstage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because these are topics that people get really pissed about, <laughs> to be yeah. honest with you. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. You should see our group chat. <laughs> <laughs> I can just imagine. But you guys always resolve it really nicely, which I love. So if you're into that, you can listen to Podcasters Unleashed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts and check out their show where these two lovely ladies are with some guys, some girls, and debating about all of these issues. What, what, what was your show about on Monday? I didn't catch it this week. Next Monday is Victor's turn to host, and he's going to talk about the crisis, uh, personal crisis that happened to everyone during COVID and how they came out of it and how we could come out of a strong from this kind of crisis. Mm, yeah, and the last one was drama. about climate change. Ooh, yeah, that's an issue. That's a good yeah. issue too. I'm going to have to watch that one on YouTube. You guys are on YouTube, I know. Yeah. And um, so you can catch them on YouTube anytime um, and watch Podcasters Unleashed and see all of their mm -hmm. episodes. I know that one about Afghanistan was like, really close to my heart and then you guys i watched the one about vaccines so very interesting to see everyone's opinions about that one and um so it's a great show I hope everyone tunes into it yeah so girls what do you want to talk about today let's talk about like careers and and motherhood and stuff like that yeah yeah because i have i have two sick kids today at home <laughs> Right. Right. And and today is a busy working day for me. I have this show. I have my London Real stuff that I do have like, I don't know, 30 people that I'm coaching through crypto and the DeFi space right now um, with Brian Rose at London Real. And um, and so I have that and I have, you know, to be present for those people and coach them and also juggling two sick kids. 
So, um, Carla, how can I how can I keep my mind sane <laughs> and maintain my well being? Um, go in a cupboard. Have you got a cupboard? <laughs> Hide in the cupboard Hi. and stay really quiet. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Well, sometimes you just got to go with the flow, haven't you? You've got to be ready to spin, pivot and adapt to whatever's happening. And I think that is probably the best skill that anyone can have, but definitely parents. I think when you get too fixed in your head, too fixed in your routine, that's when everything goes all over and then you're not ready to cope with it, are you? So I think the more you are able to adapt take a few deep breaths, take a break, say when you've had enough, and then come back and keep going. That seems to work for me. Um, and that's probably the best strategy I've ever found is just to go with the flow. Don't get hung up on stuff. Yeah, I agree. I agree. My kids are good, though. Like, I mean, I complain, but I really only have one that's small that really needs me. The other one I check in on and like sort of help out because they still kind of like I take advantage of this time. <laughs> because any other time he's like, bye mom. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so when he's not feeling well and he actually wants me to do stuff for him and be around him, I sort of eat it up. So I really can't complain, but I just want to say that it is difficult, you know, to be a mom that works and that has to find that balance between, you know, working and momming. <laughs> what works for you, Carla? Um, a lot of love, a lot of conversations. Um, my son is uh, delightful at conversations and he's very affectionate. So we work through hard stuff together. We just talk it through. We come up with plans together. And where all else fails, we just sit down and have a hug and figure it out, you know, figure oh, out what happens next. Um, yeah, and that is my key is, is love and communication with my son. Nothing else works, to be honest. He, if it's not negotiation, then it's just giving up and just showing love and affection. Um, and usually then back to communication after once he's calmed down. That's the type of boy he is. Very loving, very sweet and very um, good at negotiation and anal analytics. <laughs> <laughs> my kids like to negotiate too. I wonder if that's like a boy thing right that they just like i'm like why is my son not becoming a lawyer first of all okay he loves to lie and he loves to negotiate i feel like he would excel at that yeah yeah he's different my son is definitely different from my daughters my daughters were very compliant um with them i could be in charge and i could set a system in the house and they very rarely went against it because it was usually based on their needs. So I would observe what they needed, observe what I needed, and then just set a system and nothing would really go wrong, very rarely. But with my son, that just doesn't work. Um, with them, I didn't really need to explain. I don't know if they're just wise and they just intuitively get it. And because their needs are met, they're happy. But with him, there's always something that's not quite working. Um, and there's always a pushing and a testing of the boundaries and a questioning why, 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 why. Um, so there's a lot more communication and working together required with, with my son compared to my daughters. Yeah, I mean, I was, I remember being a teenager and I feel like I was really compliant for the most part, <laughs> for the most part. <laughs> but, uh, but for my son is like a completely different world very different yeah yeah but also single mother like being a single mother is very very hard in today's society i mean you have all the responsibilities to yourself and you 
keep working and taking care of the kids. So shout out to all the single mothers out there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's hard. <laughs> yeah. And I actually, yeah. I do get support from their father. So he does come and, and he helps out and he helps out financially too. So, um, I, I mean, not a ton, but he does. He shows up when he, you know, and he, he does what we agree upon. So I'm grateful. Like I'm super grateful for that. And I'm actually worked really hard through this thing called um, conscious uncoupling to, for us to be friends. Have you guys, have you guys actually heard of conscious uncoupling? Yeah. Yeah, I have. I have. It's very interesting. Um, sounds a bit complicated. Um, not in principle, it sounds very straightforward, but it's complicated in terms of it goes opposite to a lot of the natural instincts that we have. <laughs> break it's up. It's that. like telling you to do the exact opposite of what you would normally do, um, <laughs> which is where the complexity of it is. But yeah, yeah. So if you, if for anyone who doesn't know <laughs> what it is, it's like um, Catherine Woodward. I think her name is. I think she has a TED Talk and a book. She has this concept where you, your next relationship um, sort of is impacted by the way you end the one before it. So you're carrying all this stuff with you into your next relationship, this baggage or whatever. And so um, ending your relationship with love and in compassion and, and, and that sort of way to be friendly and just part ways in a loving way is kind of what sets you up for relationship success in the future. So I was really, really determined <laughs> that I was going to use this approach when my marriage was splitting up and I did it. And let me tell you something, it was hard. Okay. Because you're right, Carla, <laughs> my instinct when I break up with someone is to just never see them ever again. <laughs> Or talk to them ever again what about you like when you break up with someone do you maintain friendships with them no I never did until my son's father I think you just get more mature as well as you grow older and you realize that not everything's about you and your feelings um, mm -hmm. and that's what conscious uncoupling uh, emphasizes it's, it makes you think ahead to the future because we forget that when we're hurting don't we we um lock people off and also I think the sad thing about doing things that way is you forget about all the good things and the love that you once had and the bond that you once had and you dismiss that when you stop being friends or you stop being able to communicate i think there are some relationships where it's better when you don't have anything to do with that person but when you have a child that just doesn't work does it mm. no i mean i know a lot of people that do <laughs> like they just you know what i mean but but it's not really like no judgment obviously but it's not um always really great for the children you know, because then they have abandonment issues or, you know, those childhood wounds that they're going to have to work through. Sometimes you don't have a choice. Like if you have to escape from an abuser, like you can't, you don't have a choice. You just have to help the, the child with the trauma eventually. But, um, but yeah, I think that it's, it's exactly what you said, Carla. What about you, Carla? When you break up with someone, do you remain friends with them? No, because I, <laughs> I don't have a child. <laughs> So it's very easy. <laughs> no, but I just don't want to keep that energy uh, and keep like thinking about that person. So I feel it's better to separate and go in different ways. 
and in, separate in a good way, not in a, I mean, in a, in a bad atmosphere, just, you know, separate in a good way. And, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. So I just want to keep my mind of that and move on to the next one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, that's true. I mean, so for me, it was really, really difficult. I have always sort of just cut ties with people. I think I'm friends with one of my exes and we don't talk a lot, maybe once every few years or something like that. I wish him happy birthday, but he's married, you know, he's doing his thing. I'm actually the girl that he married after we broke up. I'm actually really good friends with her. <laughs> it's funny. That's what I, I got was this amazing 30 year friendship <laughs> from this girl that dated my ex fiance <laughs> after we broke up. Um, but, but other than that, I don't think I remain close with any of the rest of them. We just all parted ways. And, um, I think I tried once and then I found out the guy was cheating on me. And then I was like, oh, screw that. I'm not like, screw mm -hmm. all of that. Like, I, I like it better just cutting ties. But with my ex, um, even my first husband, I, we just, that was a nasty breakup. So it was, it's just better to just leave things where they were because it was so ugly and dramatic. Yeah. Um, but with my ex-husband, my, my second one, I am not lucky in love at starting a sound like, right? <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but this worked out really well. It was really hard though. Cause I will tell you, we lived in the same house while we were breaking up. So okay. for like two years, <laughs> it was so hard. To yeah, like, what do you imagine waking up every day? Like, I moved downstairs to our guest room and waking up and having to see the person <laughs> that you just broke up with. Yeah, know? like, yeah. excuse me, can I get in the fridge, please? <laughs> Fortunately, we had like really different schedules, right? So he works all the time, he works all the time, but um. But really, it was tough. And then there were like, mo and then, of course, he wanted the relationship. And I was like, nope, you know, so it was like a lot of push pull back and forth and, and stuff like that. It was really crazy. It was difficult. But I will tell you, working through that right now, I can tell you on the other side of all of the hard work mm -hmm. we put in and try to be friends for the sake of the children or whatever, um, it worked out really well, because now we're really cool. You know, like yeah. I can go over and hang out at his apartment at his place and use the pool <laughs> and with my kid and we can go do things as a family. We're actually talking about taking a family vacation to Miami next summer to see all of his family. Because I used to live mm -hmm. in Miami for four years with all of his family and I never get back there enough. I love Miami. South Beach. Amazing. Expensive, but amazing. And um, and taking the kids and stuff. And it's, that's not usual when you go through a divorce. So I'm really mm -hmm. appreciative of that, right? Because yeah. it's, it's really hard. How do you guys cope with breakups when you go through them? <laughs> you go first this time, Howler. <laughs> Uh, didn't know it was going to take this turn, did you? No, I don't want to take this turn. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there is like, um, I need to search for a book. It's very interesting about how to deal with a broken heart. And he takes, he talks about the process of, uh, of someone who has a heart broken. 
and uh, some people even if you say to someone that your you are your heart is broken or you have just broken with someone uh, they won't give you that same empathy like if someone is dead of, or you've lost mm. someone and he described it as if you really lost someone as, as someone is really you are going through uh, this kind of uh, sadness and depression is the same as you've lost someone and uh, it's very interesting i need to search for the for the book on audible to to show it to you guys yeah do that because you know what it's true and i don't know where i heard this along the way yeah. but i think i heard it when i was way younger but it it said i think when i was going through my first divorce guys I, I was super young i got married in the military which happens all the time i think i was like 22 which incidentally meant i was getting divorced at, at like 27. so um i think i learned at that period when I was going through that breakup and realizing um, I was going through couples counseling, but by myself, because he didn't want to go. And um, I, if, if you're a man watching this, go to counseling with your girl. It will not kill you. Anyway, <laughs> I digress. <laughs> so um, save the relationship. It might work. Okay. It could have worked. But anyway, so what I learned was that a breakup especially one uh, like a marriage, but any breakup really where you've been invested and your heart was really invested in it is like a death. And so, but the person, but it's almost worse because the person is yeah. still alive yeah. and you know that the person is out there living their life, you know, and, and, but not with you, you know, and it's in, it's just, it is what it is. And whether you're the person who was the person who decided on the breakup or the person who was broken up with, you both are mourning a, a really significant loss. Because a lot of times when you form that relationship, you become like best friends. So not only are you losing, you're losing like your best friend, you're losing your lover, you know, it's the person you did everything with. And then you have a whole new way of life that you've got to create now. So it's, it's super painful. And a lot of people don't, you're right, have the empathy for a person who's going through a breakup as then they would if, if I, like when I told, hey, my mom died. When I told people that people yeah. seem to have a lot of compassion for me mm -hmm. at that time, way less when my marriage was breaking up. But it, even though it happened like six months later. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, wow. This is cool. So what is, this is the book? Yes. I'm it's gonna... called How to Fix a Broken Heart. Oh yeah. Who's it by? Let me open Dr. Guy Winch. Oh, cool. It's a very interesting book. Yeah. Yeah. So what did you, what was your biggest takeaway from, from the book or something that you use that helps you to get through a breakup when you go through one? Kala. I think just understand your feelings and what you're going through, and it's uh, I mean okay to talk it, to talk about it with with someone who really would understand, and uh, it's not something that you feel ashamed of. Sometimes we get like taken up from our ego and like no, I'm okay and feel like everything is okay, but the reality is not. We just keep it like our social face, like nothing nothing is happening. But uh, inside is like we are not we are not okay, and it's uh, it's also okay to be to have this self honesty, and say and be authentic with yourself and say that I'm not okay and I need to to talk whether with a friend or with a specialist, and go through this uh, really hard 
hard time of breakups. Yeah. How about you, Carla? What do you think about all that? Yeah, I think the more I've had experiences with relationships, the more I realized um, parts of myself I had to work on. So I'm really aware now of when I shouldn't be dating at all. <laughs> and I just need to be with me. Um, and I'm in that stage of life. I've been in relationships and in situationships since I was 17 years old. And now I'm in the stage of life where I'm just like, no, it's just me, my child and God. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> because that is all I need right now. Because having looked back on my journey, I realized that there's a lot of, a lot of stuff that happened from even childhood that I took into my first relationship um, that a lot of traumas you know there's there's such a thing as abandonment trauma and if you've never got over any issues that you've had in your childhood you carry that through every single relationship until you wake up and realize that that's what you're doing and once I realized that I just said okay enough of this now it's time to stop finding myself in a relationship looking around and thinking uh oh how did I get here and what's going wrong um, so I'm, I've learned every single time something new about myself that I need to work on a mistake. Instead of saying, oh, he was the worst partner, um, I start looking at myself and saying, well, where did I go wrong? What do I need to learn to do better next time? Um, and I, a few years ago, I got to a stage where I was like, I know what I need to do. I need to just stop. <laughs> I need to just be still, learn to love me, focus on what I have in life and and accept that nothing is broken. There's no gap. There's no hole that I need to run around looking for a guy to fill. And if mm -hmm. there is, I need to find a way to fill that first to be whole and complete so that I can go into a relationship ready to share something rather than just to get something or to mm -hmm. fix something that's broken. So mm -hmm. until I'm at that stage where I know that I'm complete and I ha I'm aware of what I have to share, then I'll just stay by that self. <laughs> Girl, <laughs> really, there's, you said a lot there um, yeah. because, you know, a lot of times, you know, we are looking for someone to fulfill something that we feel is missing in us, right? And that's a recipe for a disaster. <laughs> so um, it's just not going to work out. Um eventually. And then knowing what you need is so incredibly important. So it's just being able to assess your own needs and know what they are. And then also um, what traumas you're carrying with you into your relationships, you know, from your inner child wounds, your teenage wounds, you know, what are you, your first love wounds, you know what I mean? Like, what are you carrying with you into these relationships? Because if you're unhealed, you will make vastly different choices, male or female now, it doesn't matter. Um, going into your relationships, you're going to make different choices than if you've been healing and working through issues and clearing those traumas and, and healing yourself. I mean, I will tell you that the people that I chose to date when I was younger, I chose uh, out of trauma, like out of trauma bonds and being unhealed because of my attachment style and what that meant for me and how I uh, form and attach relationships. 
So, and if you don't know about attachment styles, please do yourself a favor and Google it. There's this girl on YouTube. Her name is Thais Gibson. She has a channel called um, the Personal Development School, and she teaches all about this, but you can find it anywhere. And essentially what it talks about is that the traumas that you experience as a child, um, create uh, uh, the way you form your relationship. So there's different kinds. There's like attachments of um, anxious, um, avoidant, um, disorganized. <laughs> there's a bunch, there's like four of them. And um, secure, healthy. And when you have these, so you can be a combination. So for the longest time, I was an anxious attachment style. So meaning I formed friendships and relationships in a way where I was like very needy and like very overly giving, mm -hmm. right? And um, there's a lot of different sort of, I guess, symptoms of this. Um, and it affects the way your relationships happen and you and other people have their own style. So when you pick a person who's like an avoidant style and you're an anxious style, they they're not needy. They really value their independence and doing their own thing. And the way they form relationships are different. The way they handle breakups are different and all of that kind of thing. So you'll be driving yourself crazy because <laughs> you're not, it's like speaking different love languages. Also, so knowing love languages, knowing attachment styles all help to make relationships function a lot smoother, a lot better, understanding the stages of a relationship, you know, and which stage you're in in your relationship, because, you know, most people get married in the honeymoon stage and there's like four other stages after that one. And the one that comes after that honeymoon stage is the power struggle phase. So as soon as you get married thinking everything's perfect, then you get into the power struggle phase and a lot of people break up because they are like, you're not the same person, but it's yeah. just them being real. If yeah. you can make it through that, you know, then you can move towards the bliss stage, which is like another honeymoon phase, right? So, but it's like more permanent. Um, and so it's just, it's a lot to it if you understand, you know, these attachment styles. So I highly suggest you check them out and understand what yours are. Because then when you meet people and you're working through your, your triggers and you're working through your traumas, you pick better for yourself. And then I know the guys that I've chosen in the past, I would never even think to choose now. They like couldn't even approach me. I would see right through everything. <laughs> like, be like, no. <laughs> but I was very different then because I was really unhealed. And so I think we also have to sort of forgive ourselves for those choices too, right? Because, you know, you were unhealed. Like you said, you went from, it sounded like you said, correct me if I'm wrong, Carla, that you went from relationship to relationship for many years. And that's also kind of a sign of trauma, not taking that time for yourself, you know? And hi, George, not taking that time for yourself. And now you are. So that's amazing. Hi, Shaw. Thanks for watching. Anyway, uh-huh. Uh-oh. Behave. Okay. <laughs> Don't start. Don't start. Anyway, <laughs> um, that's it. <laughs> All right. But thank you. We're flattered. <laughs> anyway, so um, Kala, what do you think? What do you think about all of that? Attachment styles and all of that kind of those concepts. 
Well, I think it's a very important concept. And when you see, uh, actually, if I talk about me, for example, uh, this kind of uh, uh, having this culture about knowing your emotions, understanding your emotions, understanding what you're going through, we are not really taught in a young age or as kids uh, how to express ourselves and what or what works best for us or what is our personality type or are we introvert are we extrovert this kind of, of emotions and knowledge emotional knowledge a lot of people don't know about it that much and that's why when they go through relationship they don't understand what's what's going on they can't even understand how to how to deal with their emotions and uh, and how to handle their emotions because they don't understand what they are going through and I think it's very important too to know, to know, to understand our emotions and what we are going through in a relationship, and this kind of of emotional knowledge. I didn't have it before in the past. I didn't know why I'm feeling this way or why I'm avoiding this type of relationships. So now I feel like I'm more and more mature about my emotions, and I know best, and uh, and I know really how to deal with them, like before. Mm-hmm. I agree. How about you, Carla? Definitely. Emotional intelligence is the human intelligence. All the rest, you can skip it. But if you haven't got emotional intelligence, you have nothing. And we know that because it develops in the baby very early on, within a few days. Um, And that's where everything starts from, isn't it? Um, For me, it happened when I realised, I read about, I was going through a really difficult time and I read about um, something called abandonment anxiety. And when I read the symptoms, I was like, oh, my, that's me. <laughs> and it might, in the in the everyday world, we all call it clingy, like cr- mm-hmm. crazy people who go all clingy and, like, just lose it emotionally, lose their emotional balance when someone is leaving them. And we're mm-hmm. so used to seeing it. I think also it's glamorized for us as women in movies. So it's like a guy's left us or cheated on us and we just fall apart. And it's like a learned behavior. But actually, when you stop doing that and you realize a much more balanced way to respond is like, okay, you don't want to be with me anymore. Wow, cool. (laughs) And you realize how far you are from that. Then you understand that you've got to really do some work. Um, And when you get to that point where you can understand that everything and everyone that's in your life is there for a reason and everything and everyone that leaves your life is leaving for a reason, and that mm. everything doesn't revolve around you. There's a peace that comes with that. Um, but in order to get to that place, you do have to understand emotions. You have to understand the role they play. And also you have to understand that you can feel them, but you don't necessarily have to act on every single one all the time um, because then you just become, you can become neurotic, can't you? And really distressed and it really affects your well-being. and nobody's really worth that. That's mm. the thing, you may love people. You may have had a relationship, it may have been great, um, but no one's really worth you losing your balance like that. Because, and also if anyone is forming such a big part of your life that you're prepared to fall apart when they leave it, that means that you've been abandoning and neglecting all the other beautiful relationships that you've got in your life mm-hmm. and the roles that they play. You know, and when you, for example, when you have kids and you're dating someone and you fall apart when you break up, what about your kids? You know, what are you showing to them about how important they are and how special they are? Or your best friend, you know, your colleagues and all the people that you interact with, that you have these beautiful 
um, friendships and interactions with every day, you invalidate them when you give one person, you know, this position in your life that they can break you apart um, by deciding that you no longer serve them or the relationship with you no longer serves them. That's their right. Um, but when you start to take a step back and look at things like that, you see all the amazing relationships you have um, and the relationship with yourself as well, which is really important. I, I agree with you. And one of what you said, you abandoned the other relationships in your life, but you also ab abandoned probably the most important relationship in your life. And that's the one you have with yourself, because that means you haven't been showing up for yourself because you've given everything of you to that other person. Not to say that breakups don't hurt and you don't get upset and you're not going to mourn and you're not going to grieve because we talked about that earlier, it being like a death. So you need to go through the group cycle and it's not linear. It's all over the place, we know. But you have to show up for yourself and, and give yourself that space to heal and to accept what is and to recognize that, you know what? Some people are just in your life for a moment. My grandfather used to say for a season, a reason, or a time, right? And, um, and it's so true. Like some people are just passing through, you know, and we can't hold on to them as much as it hurts. And it's so sad, you know, we can't hold on to them because we're each sovereign beings and we have the right to do what's best for us. Right. And that, that may not be the, the connection, even friendships and stuff like mm -hmm. that. It, it may not be the connection anymore. And so Doing that, knowing what you need, like you said earlier, doing that needs assessment and really thinking about what do I need? What do I want? You know, what's the lesson I've learned from this relationship ending? You know, what's my takeaway, <laughs> right, of this experience and, and really understanding that. And um, I wrote a post. So uh, if you're new here, then make sure to uh, go and check out my Instagram at creativity um, and Hot Topics, the podcast and the Female Veterans podcast, but particularly at creativity is where I write microblogs. And that's just like little, little articles in a way that I write um, about different topics like this. Um, and I wrote one uh, last week, I think, and it was about emotional intelligence. And when you brought it up, it made me think about it. And I recommended a book in there um, because we had Brandon Archer on. You remember Brandon, right, Kaula? Yes, yes. Yeah, he was awesome, yeah. right? Yeah. And he, he talked great. about um, men's uh, emotions mm -hmm. and emotional intelligence with men and how women can sort of um, support them and, and them being able to show and experience and feel their emotions and how to have a relationship that's healthy with a man who's um, working through his emotions and understanding how to regulate them. And so I was really inspired by that. And I wrote this microblog and in it, I recommended this book. It's called The Language of Emotional Intelligence. It's by a lady named Jean Siegel. And, um, and I think it's really important to, um, understand, you know, like you said, the clinginess and the abandonment issue. And some people have rejection issues and some people, you know, they're fearful of commitment because of something that happened to them. You know what I mean? And it all manifests itself in different ways. Um, and so it's, 
it is the most significant type of intelligence that you can have, I think, is to be emotionally intelligent mm -hmm. and to learn, you know, what your how you form relationships and what your needs are in relationships. Because then when they end, you can learn from what you experienced and that education can help you have a better relationship with the next one. So I have a question for you guys, actually. That whole thing made me think of another question. So how much time do you think is needed in between relationships? <laughs> well, it depends. Actually, if it's like a really hard breakup and you couldn't really understand what you're going through, I think you need to take the whole time for yourself to just do self-assessment and realize what did you learn, how, like what you said, Kia, uh, before. And then, I mean, for me, it takes for me like six months in order to get into another one. It's not an automatic. I've never jumped into a relationship to another. So something that really works for me. And uh, for me, I'm a one very introvert person. So I really like to sit down with myself uh, and process my emotions and really understand what I'm going through. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. What do you think, Carla? Yeah, I would go further than that. I would say at least a year. I think you need to do every one of the seasons at least once. <laughs> you need to see a full, uh, remember the beauty of the, the whole world, the winter, the spring, all of the different seasons, um, and really take stock of your life and the and seasons of life that change and all of that kind of stuff. But also I would go further than that and say, it depends on how much damage you did to yourself. Because if you've put yourself through a lot, I always think about my emotions now as like a cup. I love the visual of you can only put out what's in the cup. And if you're not filling it back up continually, it will become empty. So if you're empty, it's going to take a lot longer. If you've allowed yourself to become completely empty, you know, those relationships where you're just like, oh, I'm sick of this and I'm just so glad I'm out of it. That's going to take years sometimes. Depends as well how much time you've got to invest in yourself if you've got a uh, full-time job and lots of kids and lots of pressure from your family and all of that that me time that Howler was talking about which is where you really heal you you heal when you're having me time and you heal when you're around a supportive network so if any of those things are missing or in short supply it's going to take even longer um especially if you've been in a long-term relationship for me if you've been in a long-term relationship for four years that drained you completely it might take you four years to recover from that you know i feel you you know i have been single now for almost four years i am going to get my degree in doing me <laughs> and um but i think but I, you know i was in a relationship for 13 years Right. So I needed that time to reclaim my meanness <laughs> right? and just to um, sort of reestablish the role of how my house was going to run and, you know, with my kids and all of that stuff. Like, I, and I needed time to heal from everything. I needed time to realize what happened what kind of relationship I'd been in, why I went into it, and then work on those issues of why I chose and stayed in something that was that way. 
-hmm. not that it was terribly horrible, but it wasn't ideal for me. Um, and so I have to deal with the consequences of those choices as we all do, but understanding why I made them helps to prevent me from making them again and choosing better for myself. Um, I'm, it's like, I'm, I'm sure the relationship that I was in would, would be fine for someone. It's not fine for me. So um, sometimes you have to be like, even though I love my ex, I still love him um, as a friend. But sometimes you have to go, I love you, but I love me more, right? Um, one of my favorite uh, YouTubers says that all the time. I love that. Shout out to Missy. And um, it, but it's so true. Like at some point you have to be willing to choose what you need and what's best for you. And then um, pour love into yourself for a while. And he also, when I end a relationship, I think I've been single. I, 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 I've known a lot of females like you, Carla, who have been in from relationship to relationship. And I am a typical girlfriend. Like I don't date. I don't date. I have to like, like you, like you to go on a date with you. Like I have to think, I have to see potential in the connection to even entertain you even a little bit. Right. So, and usually for me, guys don't ever think that I like them. I don't know why. Or maybe it's the kind of guys I like because I like kind of nerdy guys. <laughs> so they will never suspect that I like them in the first place. So I always have to like go sort of let them know. It's like drop the handkerchief right by them. <laughs> right? You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Like I have to be creative in how I meet men anyway because they never think that I like them. And I don't date online either. I've never done that actually. So I have no idea how that works. <laughs> None. <laughs> so, but um, you don't want to know. <laughs> I don't want to know. I keep hearing that, which prevents me from even trying. So, um, and and also we talked about this earlier. I seem to attract much younger men than me, also, which is very it, it challenging. So, um, I have always gone from like been a girlfriend, but I've taken breaks. Right. So in between like dating someone, I may have been single for three months, four, six months, a year, a couple of years. And inadvertently, I think, Carla, I was doing what you said, like depending on the length of the relationship and how serious it was, taking that uh, that time was the amount of time I needed to recover from it and feel healed enough to, to go into another relationship. But it's always a relationship. It's never dating. It's always someone's girlfriend for a long-term period of time. Why do, you, why do you think that is, that some people just like date a lot and and never have really long-term relationships and some people are always in some sort of long-term relationship? I think it's a values thing. Um, mm -hmm. Partly a values thing, maybe a safety thing. Um, and you mentioned earlier about love languages, the way that people express. Um, like Howler, I'm introverted, and I, I also with my friends, I've noticed that I'm not the greatest person in a big crowd, so I tend to be very quiet in a crowd. But when I talk to a person individually, one-to-one, -one, I really care about that person. So I really like intense relationships with everyone. And I think if you like intense, I, I love that. I love the, the human connection thing. 
um, and to really dig deep and get to know someone and let them know I'm there for them. And I'm like that with everyone, whether it's clients, friends, colleagues, and you, there's only so much you can give with that. Um, but with a relationship, I think that that means if you are like that, you tend to want a long-term committed relationship. You're not great at dating. Um, mm -hmm. And that can be a positive thing because if you find the right person, then it's amazing. It's going to last for a long time and you're going to do the work required to make it work. Um, and where that's concerned in my life, I don't have any regrets, actually, because when I look back at myself, I think when it comes to dating and, and just like jumping and checking and going on dates and ticking it off and all of that kind of stuff, I'm terrible at that because I just I just don't work that way. Um, and I think that's important is to know how you work and why you work that way. I believe in bonds, really strong bonds between human beings, um, because I think that that's important. Um, so, but it's going to be different for everyone. Some people are great with um, speed dating or speed living. <laughs> you know, I'm a bit slow to catch on. So speed living doesn't work for me. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> Speed dating? You don't know what speed dating no, is? No, speed living. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's some people are really fast and they're on the ball um, and they're able to spark up conversations and all of that. I won't. I will sit there for ages in silence, processing, processing, and the party will be over. <laughs> okay, so I speed live, I think. Okay. <laughs> I learned something new today. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it depends on you and it depends on your value system. Yeah, too. I think that really makes a difference if your value system is based on what I call old fashioned values, where it's like dating, courtship, engagement, marriage, long term. I think if you're from that school of thought, um, then it's a relationship thing for you and nothing will ever really cut it. And if you can't have that, you'll have nothing. And that's where I'm at. I'm at that point where I'm like, well, I don't really feel that I'm ready for that, to give that to someone else and give them what I would want to give them the best me. Um, so for me, that means nothing. It means no dating, no funny business, no friends <laughs> with benefits. <laughs> no friends with benefits, none of that stuff. It's just me keeping to myself until I'm at that stage where I'm ready to be serious. Because I think it's a serious thing too. I, I don't see it as, it can be fun, dating can be fun. But I think you always have to keep in mind the long-term objective. Because I don't think fun, 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 fun <laughs> works out, you know. Doesn't but last. <laughs> dating has really changed, girls. It has really changed. Do tell us. Tell I us. would love to go to the old-fashioned way where guys <laughs> just following girls to get their numbers because they find like a challenge. And then to just get that first date, it was a challenge for them. Mm -hmm. And that another date and another. And before there was no texting, there was no social media. You need to call the person. You need to show up for that person. And now when you go into the online dating, you're like, okay, well, uh, I have a date with this guy. Let's go. Well, he seems okay. Well, we'll let's just go to the next one. So the idea of having uh, multiple options and just, you know, scroll, scroll, scroll to see, it's, uh, it's confusing and keeps you more and more in the dating world without any uh, objective without any long-term goals or anything and you keep in this kind of loop and a lot of people they don't want just to just to have this long conversation and go through that challenge and and do the hard work so it's 
it's really really, really changed from from the dating before and now and it's i mean it's sad that it's changed i've got a question that just come to my mind this is the yeah. second time it's come to my mind so i'm going to ask it actually do you think yeah. we overemphasize the importance of romantic relationships though now i do think yeah because I often look and I think for all the relationships that don't work and for all of the swiping that goes on, because my daughters have told me about this swiping business. <laughs> this swipe, 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 no, next, yeah. next. Yeah. Um, wow. It's like, you know, it reminds me of those carousels. I don't know if you have these in the States or where you guys are from, but when you go to women's um, jewelry stores, they have these huge blocks and you spin them around and they've got all earrings and this and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we have them. Like, it's like that, but with guys, you know. <laughs> now, now, in theory, I think it's a great concept, right? But in practicality, it I think it makes dating way more boring. And also, yeah. it depends, too, on the people who designed the app. They want you also to stay longer in this kind of app. What? They're just going to send you a bunch of duds? So you can like oh, you yeah. have like you pay like i pay for a golden membership and with my specific criteria and i see the opposite thing i'm like no i didn't order this <laughs> wait i thought That's it was like, the gold membership <laughs> it's like shopping for clothes though the more yeah. clothes you see the more confused you become i like boutiques if i shop i like a boutique because I know if I go in there within a few seconds, if I'm going to buy something or not, you don't need to keep me in there because you've only got like 25 items in here anyway. So <laughs> I don't need to waste my time. But those massive stores where there's like thousands of items, you waste your time in there because actually you knew when you walked in if there was going to be something in there. You get the vibe, don't you? When you walk in a store, you're like, yeah, this is my kind of store. But if you walk in there and there's nothing, but then you spend hours searching, you just waste time. And I, and I feel like, it's some aspects of the modern dating world is a bit of a time waste and just kind of indulging our our boredom maybe and our need for new and novel um, things. But then I don't internet shop either, so <laughs> I probably wouldn't be great uh, at internet dating either. So my boy Tendai just turned up. Oh, I don't know how long you've been watching, honey, but um, yeah, we're talking about a lot of stuff, okay? But we somehow got on to dating. <laughs> and we're talking about, you know, dating and healing and taking space in between dating. And now we're talking about online dating and um, and how terrible it sounds to me. I don't know. It sounds terrible to me. <laughs> so, that's what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, what does he say? He said... Um, Things have certainly changed, but you know what? Dating and romantic relationships don't mean the same as they did. I mean, it depends on with who. They still mean the same thing to me, Tendai. Okay. I don't know. Maybe it's because it's I'm a little older than some people. But like I, I it still means the same thing to me, you know? So I don't know. We are all over the place, Tendai. I know that. So you're just gonna have to speed live. And catch up with us. <laughs> and catch up with us. And um, because yeah, George. Oh, I missed a comment from George. George, sweetie, you said you, you and your wife met online, and you were in Argentina, and she was in Massachusetts. I remember you told me that before. You guys have been together for like ever, and I think that's pretty incredible. Because back in the day, 
a long time ago, people used to meet in chat rooms online. And it, see, yeah, you did, right? Oh, hold on. I didn't even put the comment up yet. <laughs> uh, you met in a chat group. It doesn't exist anymore. But you weren't. So people used to meet in like chat rooms and like hook up and have all of these things. The thing about online dating, too, is when I think that's really sweet because I'm old fashioned and I like like love letters and that kind of thing. And if I could just meet the guy that will email me some love letters, we will be good. OK, but see a little bit modern, but not too much. But the thing about it is there's so much catfishing out there now, George. Like, you don't even know if you're talking to an 11-year-old boy sometimes. Like, you, you can, <laughs> you never know. You've seen the show Catfish. You guys have seen it. Have you seen that? Oh, my God. It's crazy. So, um, I, 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 I mean, I think people try. And even now, people slide into my DMs all the time, honey. Let me tell you. And, um, and it, you have to use your discernment, really, because you're like, Oh, he's handsome. And then you just go to their profile and just to see. And it's like, this is not even a real human. Like, come on. Like, they yeah. didn't try, to be honest with you. And mm. I'm like, how long before you're going to ask me for money? Because mm. ri it's ridiculous. You guys have been married for 18 years. That's right. I knew it was a crazy long time. That's a long time. Congratulations, oh. by the way. I feel like that's kind of rare, actually. And that that's why I like love letters. Because people who write love letters to each other typically stay together for a really long time. Yeah, you know, especially if you're at a distance and then you have to come together. As long as if it's a catfish, honey, they never want to show up. I saw it on the show. Okay. They, for some reason, don't ever want to appear in person. That's a clue, too. Mm. So you don't want to yeah. meet in person. Yes. Like what? I will be like, send me a video. I don't know why people don't do that. Send me a vlog. We vlog all the time at London Real. <laughs> do what we well, do. I, always I do that. I do that like in the dating. Like, let's go on and have a video chat. And yeah. when the person say, no, I'm not sure. I'm like, okay, next. No. Yeah. If you're Swipe. not willing to get to the video chat, it's a no for me. <laughs> so, but for real though, because I just, I don't, I don't want to, um, like, you, you got to prove to me where you, and I'm like, send me a video with like you talking and then <laughs> show me your surroundings. Yeah. Like, I, and people don't like that. I'm like, just, I don't know. Sometimes I just do it for fun too. I'm like, okay, who is this in my, my DMs? Okay. Let's, we're going to have a little fun today because I'm bored. So, <laughs> It happens. Uh, what do you, okay, so. <laughs> oh, honey. Oh, my God. No. Okay, so that's not messing up the show. First of all, if you have been watching the show for a while, you know that my mom passed away in 2018. And it was sudden and it was so sad. George, um, his mom passed away just a little bit ago, too. So you guys have can support each other because you're my two favorite regular, <laughs> my most regular number one fans. And so, um, but I want to say, I'm sorry for your loss, honey. And I'm so sad that your parents have passed away. My, both of my parents have, are deceased as well. Um, so I'm sending you lots and lots of big love and energetically lots of hugs with your wife's permission. Okay. Lots of hugs. Yeah. Oh, Shaw, that's sweet. Yeah. So speaking of Shaw, earlier he made a comment and I want to see what you girls think about that. 
um, where is it? Let me find it. Hold on. Okay, this one. And I put it, put it up for a second and I pulled it down because I wanted to talk about it later. Shaw said, if you are in a relationship, you must sacrifice for each other, sacrifice in all conditions. What do you guys think about that? Do you think that's true? Well, it depends on what you are sacrificing for and uh, what is the reason you are sacrificing for and is willing to sacrifice. And also women, they do sacrifice when you are in a relationship and when you're going to have a baby and you're going to have responsibilities. You do sacrifice a lot more than the man. It's it's a fact. Women do sacrifice in a relationship. But it just depends on how are you willing to sacrifice for it and what are you going to give and and also the, the, the person, the partner, uh, how they are going to contribute to, to that relationship. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Carla? Yeah, I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. And, and why I say that is because there are different relationships for different purposes and there are different mm -hmm. stages in life. So I think there is a stage in life and the type of relationship where you're in it to get stuff, mm -hmm. whether that's to experience um, what it is to be in a relationship, whether it's to learn, um, to be loved some people are in it to get those things and then there's a stage where you get to where you're about giving not just in your romantic relationships but in all in life you know mm. you start to look for opportunities to be of service to others and I think if you're at that stage in life where you want to be of service to others you know what your gifts are and your strengths and you're ready to share those and you've got enough people topping you up and filling you up so it's kind of reciprocal it's like a cycle then I think you can get to that stage where you can start start to sacrifice but I think there are always some things that are, you shouldn't sacrifice and one thing I would say is values your values you must always uh, hold fast to your values because when you sacrifice those you have nothing um, self-respect as well your dignity all of those things you don't mm -hmm. sacrifice those bigger things because there are some things that are for your children um, some things that are for your partner some things are for your friend. This is just the nature of life. Some things are for God, if you believe in God or for the divine. Some things are not to give away. Um, so I wouldn't say you sacrifice everything, but I do get the point of, you know, service relationships and saying, you know what, I think I could really be of value to this person. I think that's that's a good thing. It's a good approach to have. But it takes time to, and work on yourself to get to that point. I agree being of service. And I think in all relationships are give and take. Mm -hmm. So you said, Shah, that um, men must sacrifice. I've actually would love to know more about what you mean by that. <laughs> but I, that you, and you never ask, I never ask only women sacrifice. Yes. Okay. So yes. So mutual, I, I get it. So mutual sacrifice. And I think, yeah, a lot of give and take is really necessary to make a relationship be successful and that you you both, but you cannot, like you said, Carla, um, sacrifice the really important things to like who you are. You know, you see a lot of these people and they go into a relationship and become really codependent and it's like, for example, uh, Carla, you're like, well, come and have lunch with me, Kia, and let's go. I know you love reading. Let's do a book club. And I'm like, okay. And then we're doing this book club. And then I meet a man and suddenly I'm like, I have no time for your book club, honey. I don't even read. Okay. He doesn't like books. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's just completely denying 
who you are and what you were doing and your friends and the life that you have. And I think, um, I don't know, guys, I got guys watching today. So tell me if um, this is right. Is it a turnoff for you if a girl completely changes who she is for you, right? She doesn't go out with her friends anymore. She doesn't do anything except stuff with you, right? She sort of loses her identity into the relationship. Is that attractive to guys? Because I've always believed, I always thought that was not attractive to men. It's not attractive with if my guy does mm. it for me. I still like him to have friends and have a life and have his own independence. Um, and then we are sort of interdependent on each other, not codependent. So I wonder, does, does anyone want to attempt to answer that? If not, that's cool. But I'm just curious. <laughs> so because I, I don't know. What do you but what do you girls think about um shifting your identity. Carla, I imagine you're like, hell no. Oh, yeah, I am like, hell no. But because I've done it, because mm. I've done it and I know what it's like and and, I, and it definitely connects to the whole abandonment and trauma and anxiety. I think it's a fear-based response because um, in my experience, when I've done that, it's been because I've thought that this is the one and the only one I'm going to get. <laughs> and mm. so, yeah. So um, that then puts you in a situation where it's like, I've got to do everything I can to make this work. And it also connects to the quality of your other relationships or the non-existence of them. If you have nobody in your support system, you have no one close to you. When you meet someone, then you're all in. And it's like, I've got to make this work. I've got to make it work because maybe this is the best I'm going to get. When you get away from that mindset, and you start to realize that there's a whole world out there full of people, full of opportunities, and that even you today is not the same as you are gonna to be tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, you're gonna be different. And there's gonna be new opportunities and there's an abundance in the world. Then you start to uh, avoid that because you look and think, oh yeah, there are some things about me that maybe this person doesn't like, but that's okay. You know, someone else will be out there and if they're not, I'll just wait until there is someone. Um, but yeah, that it, it's a sad thing to do that. Um, and it's one of the reasons I always, when people ask me, what advice would you give to young people? I always say, be yourself, be yourself. Cause it sounds cliche, um, because everyone says it, but actually when you look at it and try to do it, it's much harder than it sounds. It takes time, effort, especially if you've been through rejection or any kind of abuse, because then you've detached from the self, you've blamed yourself, you've learned to dislike yourself and try to be what pleases people. And that takes time and work to get out of that and learn to love yourself. So where I am now is as a result of all of that work and experience. And now I'm like, no, no, <laughs> I'm not compromising anything. If you don't like it, that's between you and God. And I'm sorry for you. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel you on that too. I'm, I think I've reached a place in my life where, and I've always been kind of like this, which is weird. Like, I don't, I never mind it. I love to be single. In fact, I love to be single too much because I always felt like, you know, I mean, you have to compromise when you're in a relationship and guys inevitably want to tell you what to do <laughs> sometimes. And sometimes I don't like to listen all the time. I, I tend to think I might know better a lot of times, depending on the guy. Sometimes I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, he's really smart and he does know what he's talking about. I have no idea. And then you have to, you know, 
go with it. But like for the most part, um, the idea I've always dated sort of old fashioned guys who have um, I know that, that like a lot of girls nowadays don't cook and clean and do all that stuff. But that's how I was raised. And I was also raised to really take good care, like treat my husband like another baby, sort of super nurturing. It's part of my nature. So I'm exceedingly good at that. <laughs> and um, so it's very um, attentive. I'm very attentive. Not, a, not, not all, not all guys like that, by the way, you'd think they would, but they don't. And so, um, oh, hey, Charles Allen, what's up? It's been a minute. Thanks for popping by. You stay blessed too. Anyway, so, um, but yeah, it's like one of, one of those things where, you know, you have to sort of compromise we'll say and there's expectations of you and so i really like to be single because i just do me right but you can get stuck in that so it's it, it can be a trap <laughs> you do happy being alone you know so i don't know i don't think there's too much emphasis on romance i think there's kind of a lot but also i think you should be in love with yourself first that for your other question you ask um what do you think kala well, I think uh, if you are single for long, it could be a really uh, <laughs> lovely trap. <laughs> and you could lose yourself like, oh, single life is good. But actually, a relationship, it could also challenge uh, yourself. And uh, you, challenge, you, know, you learn a lot of things in a relationship. And maybe it takes you a new version of you that you didn't know before. So it's very exciting, too, to be in a relationship and to experience that. Um, and to to uh, get back to the question about uh, do men like really women to change their environment and just to compromise and be just for men, uh, I have seen that with friends of mine who went into a relationship and they forgot their support system. And when their relationship breaks down, they think that their support system, they will be right there. Uh, behind them no honey it's <laughs> it's it's not gonna work out like this uh and i think no matter what happened in a in a relationship if it's good or bad uh, you need to have always that support system with a friend with a psychologist i mean anyone that could really just help you come back to yourself when when things are bad and i think a lot of women they tend to forget that support system as Carla said, and just like being focused all in to that man. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I love what Tendai said right here. He said, um, women are a bit more sophisticated. Did you, I think I, did you lose me for a second? <laughs> I thought I just <laughs> saw something weird happen. I think my kids started streaming. That's what happens when kids are homesick. Right. So um, and he says men are basic and women are a bit more sophisticated. When we love someone, that's just it. We're not expecting you to change anything or do anything else. I don't know, Tendai. I love that personally. That might just be you, honey, but I'll take that answer. I like it a lot. It's beautiful. Yeah. I don't ex I don't have expectations of I know a lot of women can be demanding and have a lot of ex, but I I just expect the person to be a good human being. And my problems I've had in relationships is um, guys wanting me to be like their mother. Cause you know, cause I'm nurturing 
So there's a fine line. Do you remember we were talking about that with Brandon Archer? If you haven't seen that mm -hmm. episode, you have to see it. Go to our YouTube channel, type in uh, Hot Topics Live and Kia. That's my name, K-I-A. You can find the episode with Brandon Archer, or you can watch it on our Facebook page. Just scroll back a couple of episodes. I think it was two weeks ago. And um, and we were talking about that. And it's just, it's it's one of those really, really crazy, crazy things, you know, where it's like, it's a, there's a fine line between mothering and being nurturing as a partner, right? And, um, and what he talked about was like, men don't really want to be mothered. They don't want to be made to feel like that little boy. But that's been different for me in a lot of my relationships where it's been, you know, them wanting me to make them walk the line. And I am like kind of a hippie. I'm just like, do the right thing. Like, let's just all be happy, you know? And it hasn't always played out like that for me. What about you guys? Yeah, mothering is a big issue, I think, in relationships. If you're a nurturer, that's the biggest thing you have to watch out for because there is a fine line. It's a very fine mm -hmm. line, isn't it? And Super. I think this goes back to the knowing what a healthy relationship looks like with all the other people. So if you know what healthy mothering is, then you will know um, what is not things that you shouldn't do in a romantic relationship. You know, you will know which things you should do with your child, which is appropriate even for the age, because, you know, you know, having a teenager is very different from having a five year old. Mothering a baby is very different from mothering a 20 year old. Um, it's all about boundaries and knowing where the boundaries lie in every different relationship. And I think if you've got that right with your brother, if you've got it right with your dad, with your uncle, with your ex, with your male friends and colleagues, you're more likely to get it right with your partner. And I, I really have learned the value of male, good male friendships, uh, where the boundaries are very clear. They're never overstepped on both sides. There's good communication. You can ask questions. You can get advice. If you start to date, it. you can say to your male friend who you've got those healthy boundaries with, hey, can I get a bit of advice? What do you think about this? And he's not going to give you advice because he secretly wants to be with you and all that kind of stuff because you've got that healthy relationship that you've worked on. Um, your family, male family members, if you can't get those relationships right and get the boundaries right there, I think you're always going to struggle with um the right boundaries in your romantic relationships as well, because there's some key lessons that need to be learned. Um, and when it comes to mothering, if you mother your brother, <laughs> then you will probably transfer that, you know, or if you over mother your son, um, and that's easy. One thing I realized with my son is so affectionate and he's so loving and so clingy and so cuddly and cute, but, it, but I know that there's gonna come a time where I've got to detach. You know, it took me a long time, for example, to get him out of my bed. And when he reached a certain age, I was like, no, this is really not right. <laughs> well, you need to go and sleep in your own room. And now, you know, if he gets a chance to get back in my bed, oh, boy, it's a week to get him out of there. It's my life. An excuse every night. Oh, my neck. Oh, my bed's not as comfortable as... <laughs> my son's is my TV's not working right in my room. Because, like, if he has a nightmare, he likes to put the TV or he likes ambient noise when he's sleeping. Because I do. And he slept with me for so many years. And, um, and I thought, you know, it's going to be time for me to start dating soon. My son's five. Like, I need to create space for new energy. <laughs> 
to come into my life. I can't really have my kids sleeping in the bed with me all the time. So, um, so anyway, he has his own room. He's had his own room forever. And when he was smaller, he did sleep in there. But what happened was when his father and I started to split up, we split, he came in straight. Come on, can I sleep in here? And I was like, of course. First couple of nights turned into like three years. Okay. So like, I feel exactly. that he now sleeps in his own room, but it is still really touch and go. Like, it's like just what you said. Oh, my back hurts. Can I sleep in here? Oh, I'm going to dad's house this weekend. Can I sleep in here with you tonight? <laughs> like, yeah, I feel that. Mm-hmm. They just want the king size bed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. It is a big bed. But like, but like I, I really, yeah. It, but those boundaries are important. And I love what you said about having um, male friends, okay? Because most of the guys that watch this show are men. So I feel like I have a lot of male friends. Also, <laughs> I, um, I historically from being in the Navy, had guy friends. Like I had a handful of girlfriends, but I had mostly guy friends in high school, junior mm-hmm. high, same thing, elementary school. Actually, when I went to private school, that's when it started. And so- it is a very fine line between being nurturing and supportive and mothering and emasculating is a fine line of that too. Like, you know, so um, definitely I, I, I see what you're talking about there and I have two brothers too. So I was really lucky. One of them though, I did help raise. So that's also learning that dynamic of as he got older to just be like, okay, I'm the big sister, I'm not the mom. But when he was a baby, I took a lot of care of him because my mom wasn't well. So it's just interesting that dynamic, but having those guy friends and having female platonic friends is so helpful. If you don't have that, find some friends. Like you can go to Meetup now and make new friends. You know, I think there's like apps for friends now. Kaula, have you seen that? Where you you can make friends on apps now, and, and not it's not just dating. Yeah, actually, I I have like apps for just to go out and meet people, like hiking or going out, and you know, there's just, an app for that. Yeah, just go to dinner and talk to people, and I do love this kind of stuff because you have unexpected people there, and you create unexpected relationships, and that's how I have like a lot of uh expats people that i see in paris and i have really good relationship with them so yeah so just try different things not just the dating apps not <laughs> maybe <laughs> so the, the friendship way. apps yeah friendship apps may be better because <laughs> <laughs> then when you are in relationships like you were saying carla and you have problems you can talk to a guy that can probably give you insight or a woman who can give you insight i know a lot of married couples though at least when I was younger, I had friends that I worked with um, when I used to work in corporate and they would say, yeah, we can, you know, we can hang out at work and have lunch, but my wife doesn't allow me to have, or my girlfriend doesn't allow me to have female friends. What do you guys think about that? Red flag, red flag. There's that, there's, that's an issue if you have a person who doesn't want you to have anyone else except them. Because being isolated in a relationship is bad for both of you because everyone needs someone. Mm-hmm. Um, but also a big red flag is somebody who has nobody. You, uh, when you meet them, um, there are those people who are like, oh, no, I'm just I'm just by myself and, and I do everything in life by myself. And that's why I need someone like you. Oh, no, you better run for the hills if you hear that because 
yeah, really, um, it's very unattractive and actually a real serious issue if somebody has nobody in their life. I learned that also through experience because um, there's nobody there to regulate them. Humans are social creatures um, and we do best in social environments because we need other people to give us feedback about what works and doesn't work. Sometimes my son will put on the craziest outfits and he needs me there to say to him, that's really cute, but you know what? You're not wearing that way we're going. And his face sometimes is so sad when I say that. Oh. And I'm just like, let me explain it to you, look. It's like this, <laughs> you know? And I always think in those moments of how we would grow up if I didn't give him any feedback, mm. how he would behave if I didn't tell him the importance of brushing his teeth, of not saying, this week we had conversations about why not to say every single thing that comes in your head when you're having a bad day and what that can actually do to people around you and how you can end up. And those things are really important. And, you know, finding someone who doesn't have anyone around them to give them feedback about how they present themselves, how they speak, how they act even on dates. I've been on some crazy dates, mm. you know, and you think, why Terrifying. did someone not tell you that that was not acceptable? <laughs> <You know? laughs> that is really not good so I think yes if you are being isolated in a relationship that's a bad thing but also if you meet someone who is isolated at first that's also not a good thing mm -hmm. yeah isolation is not good my first husband was very socially um let's just say he didn't like people and I was like his favorite person I didn't see that as a red flag until it was too late so I can support you your statement that it's not good to be it might seem romantic to be someone's everything at first but it turns it really turns and so anyway yeah right? it's really sad it's really sad for them i hope he yeah. landed on his feet somewhere wherever he is in life i'm sure he's fine he was a smart guy um like i said i tend to like nerdy guys um okay so Tendai had this one statement, and I before we wrap the show, I want to put it up on the screen. Let me just find it. Um, and he said, I always feel more educated when I hear the British accent, when you hear it. <laughs> Hopefully that's not offensive. Uh, this show has so much diversity and different opinions. I have neighbors from Pakistan, India, Nigeria, and, and here in Texas. And I, I have diversity at work too. And learning about female perspectives about relationships gives a unique perspective. Yes, <laughs> to all of that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And we are from all around the world. I didn't mention it today, but um, you are in the UK, right, Carla? And yes. we have Paris in the house. Yes. And I have, of course, on the beautiful West Coast of the United States, just north of Portland, Oregon. And um, so we're all around the world. This is a global show. And we just have so much fun connecting with everybody from all around the world and everyone who watches this. So with that, I got my kids knocking at the door. <laughs> so telling them I'm still live. Um, so we're going to wrap it up because I have two sick kids that are now knocking on the door because they probably want mothering. <laughs> right? And um, let's see. Oh, here. Shaw has another comment. 
He says, uh, my dears, there is no issue in Pakistan about women. You must visit in Pakistan and specifically our educational institute and job places. I hope you must visit. I love visiting everywhere, honey. I do not have any issues with anyone anywhere. We are all human beings. We all should just be loving each other. That's my opinion. I'm standing by it. Um, there, are, there are good and bad people of every kind everywhere. And I think we should greet that with love and openness. So I would, if you're inviting me to Pakistan, Shah, like what's up? Like what's good to eat? Okay. Where's good to go? Like I'm, I'm trying to travel very soon. George, you're so sweet. Sending you love. And I think um, we're going to wrap it up, my dears, because it's getting late over there on yeah. your side of the world. And, um, and I've got to go do some stuff as always. So I appreciate everyone for tuning in. Shah, thank you for sharing and joining us this week. We'll be back next Thursday, 3 p.m. Eastern time, which is 12 p.m. Pacific time. I don't know, different places all around the world. 9 p.m. first time. 9 p.m. <laughs> and 8 p.m. for 8 you, right, Carla? UK time. Yeah. yeah. So join us again next week. Oh, oh, that's so sweet. You're so kind. Okay, don't forget to go to my YouTube channel and subscribe, Sha. Okay, you're part of the tribe now. Come back and see us next week. All right. Oh, so sweet. So um, with that, we're going to wrap it up. I want to say thank you for spending um, this hour and 20 minutes with us out of your life. Um, that's a lot of time and it's appreciated. Um, you can uh, find us all on Instagram, um, the Wonder and Wellbeing podcast on Instagram, when women with stories on, I almost said women warrior stories. That's my other show. Oh, women with <laughs> stories on, on Instagram for Kaula. You can watch podcasters unleashed, um, on YouTube and on Facebook on Mondays, and you can listen to it in podcast form, uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can listen to this show in podcast form anywhere you listen to podcasts as well. Um, make sure you like, share, subscribe, come and watch us live. If you want to join the conversation, ask questions, put comments, hang out with us, watch live. Otherwise, you can catch the replay anytime. And I appreciate you guys. You guys want to say anything before we uh, end this live? I just want to thank all the audience that have been here and uh, hearing us and sharing their struggles too. Mm -hmm. uh, and I really love, love hosting this with you and Carla coming up at the last minute. <laughs> that was really great. And yeah, we have ha we had fun and we have discussed a lot of topics. So thank mm -hmm. you for this. Mm -hmm. Carla? Yeah, likewise. Lots of love to the guests. And um, thank you, Kia, for having us, as always. It's always fun. Sometimes we don't know what we're going to discuss here, and it's and it, but it always turns out to be a great way to spend time and to just share all the things that matter to us as human beings. I love this, and I love podcasting. Thank you for having us. Oh, well, it's been a pleasure. This show is organic. That was the intention of the show. It's never pre-planned. Um, we sometimes know what the topic is if our guest is in the house, but this week we had a scheduling issue and my guest will come in another day. And Carla was so awesome. That's why you need friends, okay? Yeah. Carla turned up to hang out with us and just chat and have this conversation. And we talked about motherhood. We talked about breakups. We talked about love relationships. We talked about um, emotional healing, emotional intelligence. We talked about so many hot topics today and it's been really fun. So I love you guys. 
and I will see you next week. And girls, thanks for hanging out with me. I'll have you back again really soon. Thanks. Bye, guys. Bye.